Hi everyone, we're continuing looking at Revelation today. We're looking at Revelation chapter 7. And uh, you remember last time, um, I've been away for a couple of weeks, so last time we were looking at Revelation chapter 6 and we were thinking about the four horsemen of the apocalypse and how you know, all of the trouble in the world was sort of coming and that was what, what that was describing, how we should expect um, trouble, things like pandemics uh, happening in the world. Uh, now this time, Revelation chapter 7 is sort of a bit of an interlude in, in the seals. So we had um, six out of the seven seals, and then this chapter, so I'm just adjusting my desk here uh, as we speak, here we go. So then yeah, we had six of the seven seals, and then this chapter is sort of a bit of an interlude. But I'd just like to start by reading um, a quote from uh, Richard Buse's book, uh, The Lamb Wins. I mentioned this before, and I said this is this is helpful. Let me read a little quote, just to kind of give an overview of where we're going in, in this. Uh, chapter 7 is one of the most inspiring and moving in the Bible. It depicts the church, the people of God, battered and threatened, often persecuted, but nevertheless fearless. Battered and persecuted, uh, uh, battered and threatened, sorry, often persecuted, but nevertheless fearless. And that is something which I just wanted to, to, to think about for a minute. Because over the last year, uh, or lo last 18 months or so, fear has been a really big uh, thing, hasn't it? I think of Laura Dodsworth's book, uh, A State of Fear, where she describes the way that the government have been uh, using fear, um, kind of inflating levels of fear, in order to get us to comply uh, with the restrictions. And, and fear has been a very big factor. Now, how now has the church lived in a fearless way? Has the church lived in a fearless way? And I'll let you draw your own conclusions on that. I'll give my opinion at the end. But this chapter is about how we can live in that fearless way. And I think at the moment that's something which is really significant and important. So with all that said, let's read uh, the chapter. And um, what I'm going to do is it's sort of in, in two sections. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to read verses 1 to 8 uh, and then verses 9 to 17. We'll think about that, then verses 9 to 17. And just to uh, say, by the way, someone asked me the other day, could I recommend a, a good Bible translation that was understandable? I know some people might have an old um, King James version of the Bible, which is maybe a bit impenetrable for modern people to understand. I mean, if you like Shakespeare, it's great. Um, but um, yeah, I'm reading from the new international version of the Bible, the NIV version. Um, and I think that's a good sort of balanced, um, readable translation. You might also like uh, the New Living Translation, which is kind of, um, I think, probably more readable, especially for people who are not uh, not so used to reading. Um, and um, yeah, that, that's also a very good one. So there we go. Uh, verses, uh, uh, Revelation chapter 7, verses 1 to 8. After this, I saw four angels standing at the four corners of the earth, holding back the four winds of the earth, to prevent any wind from blowing on the land or on the sea or on any tree. Then I saw another angel coming up from the east, having the seal of the living God. He called out in a loud voice to the four angels who had been given power to harm the land and the sea, Do not harm the land or the sea or the trees until we put a seal on the foreheads of the servants of our God. Then I heard the number of those who were sealed. 144,000 from all the tribes of Israel. 
From the tribe of Judah, 12,000 were sealed. From the tribe of Reuben, 12,000. From the tribe of Gad, 12,000. From the tribe of Asher, 12,000. From the tribe of Naphtali, 12,000. From the tribe of Manasseh, 12,000. From the tribe of Simeon, 12,000. From the tribe of Levi, 12,000. From the tribe of Issachar, 12,000. From the tribe of Zebulun, 12,000. From the tribe of Joseph, 12,000. From the tribe of Benjamin, 12,000. Okay, so what does this have to say uh, to us? What I think the, the big message of this is, is that the people of God are completely secure. That's kind of the, the subtitle I will put on, on this section. So you see there, you, you notice it says in verse 3, um, don't uh, don't harm the, the land or sea or trees, you know, the things that, that we saw back in the previous chapter, until we put a seal on the foreheads of the servants of our God. So don't don't harm, don't do anything until we seal um, the servants of our God. So the people of God were uh, were sealed. They were made secure. They were identified. And you contrast this to what we'll come on to a bit later on in Revelation, uh, Revelation chapter 13, where it talks about the mark of the beast. I know that people often talk about the mark of the beast. We'll get to that when we when we come on to it. Um, in, in, in chapter 13 but um, this is sort of the, the opposite of that if you like this is marking people out with a seal that they belong to God making them secure despite all of the turmoil in the world and all of the, the terrible things that are happening they are marked out they are secure and it did make me think that you know it is a binary thing whether we belong to God or whether we have the mark of the beast at the end of the day, it's either one of those two things. Uh, and um, yeah, it, it's something which we each need to make make that decision on. You know, do I want to belong to God? Do I need to, you know, do I want to turn to the world? And um, but, but at the end of the day, those who belong to God are secure. And, and that's what I want, really wanted to focus on, just the security of, of God's people. And then um, it, it has um, it says there are 144,000. Then it's got that's just a combination of 12,000 from the 12 tribes of of Israel. Now, what does this mean? This is just a, a symbolic number. Okay, this is not the Jehovah's Witnesses. If you've ever had a conversation with the Jehovah's Witnesses about this, they take that number to be a literal number, and um, they are. are, are well, I think they think that 144,000 are already in heaven or something and they don't, they'll never belong to it. Um, I, I'm not entirely sure what they believe with, regarding it. Um, anyway, I think this is a symbolic number. And that's because this is just representative of completion. You know, the whole people of, of God. You know, 12 is an important number in the Bible. You know, you think of the 12 tribes and also the 12 apostles. And that number 12 kind of signifies completion, both of the Old Testament and the New Testament people of God. And what this is saying, I believe, is just that everyone is there. And this is what Jesus said um, back in, in John chapter 6. So uh, John chapter 6, verse 39, uh, it says, um, Jesus said, This is the will of him who sent me, 
that I shall lose none of all those he has given me, but raise them up at the last day. So Jesus says, I shall lose none of those that God has given me, but raise them up at the last day. So everyone who belongs to God is secure and they're all there. Not one is missing. That's a picture of of eternal security. Could there be any greater security than that? And that's the that's the marvel of it. That's the wonderful uh, good news. So let's move on then to verses 9 to 17. After this I looked, and there before me was a great multitude that no one could count, from every nation, tribe, people and language, standing before the throne and before the Lamb. They were wearing white robes and were holding palm branches in their hands, and they cried out in a loud voice, Salvation belongs to our God, who sits on the throne, and to the Lamb. All the angels were standing round the throne and round the elders and the four living creatures. They fell down on their faces before the throne and worshipped God, saying, Amen. Praise and glory and wisdom and thanks and honour and power and strength be to our God for ever and ever. Amen. Then one of the elders asked me, These in white robes, who are they and where did they come from? I answered, Sir, you know. And he said, These are they who have come out of the great tribulation. They have washed their robes and made them white in the blood of the Lamb. Therefore, they are before the throne of God and serve him day and night in his temple. And he who sits on the throne will shelter them with his presence. Never again will they hunger. Never again will they thirst. The sun will not beat down on them, nor any scorching heat. For the Lamb at the centre of the throne will be their shepherd. He will lead them to springs of living water and God will wipe away every tear from their eyes. And so in this section, I've called this a great triumph as this describes the people who've who've made it through, if you like. So um, but just uh, just before we get going to that, it really struck me again, this kind of focus on worship and the way that the churches largely have been. Um, were silent for a long time, if not silent, not singing, uh, not singing praises um, to God um, for a long time while the government guidance was not to sing. And just made me think how important uh, that worship is. It just seems to happen uh, so much and we've come across it so many times as we've been going through Revelation already and we'll come across it again um, as as we carry on going. That the importance of that worship is not something which can just be be dismissed or is kind of tangential or you know um something we can you can take or leave it you know but it's it's essential you know the worship of of God. Um so um one of the things I like about Ian Paul's um commentary on this he just he 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 draws talks about how um he, uh John heard the number of 144,000 and that was back in verse 4 and then in verse 9 after this he looks and he sees so hearing and seeing are like um he he sees what he hears so what Ian Paul says is that um, what he sees here is that 144,000 of if not the 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 actual you know literal 144,000 the symbolic you know all of the people of God 
um, before him and it's a great multitude that no one could count. So I think this interprets that that number, the 144,000. This is the people of God. These are the people who who belong to God from throughout uh, history. And they're people who have uh, who've made it through. It says in verse uh, 14, made it through the great tribulation. And I think that's just talking about this current time that we're living through, that all of the, the um, like we saw with the, the six seals, you know, all of the terrible persecution that's happening, but also just all of the terrible events that happen in, in the world, you know, the pandemics, the um, all, all sorts, the um, authoritarian regimes, you know, all of that kind of thing. Um, they've made it through. And that's just what we saw in the letters, didn't we? Remember chapters two and three, um, he who endures to the end. And so these are the people who have endured uh, to the end. And um, uh, and the results of this, they've endured. And so, verses 15 and 16, uh, they're before the throne of God. They serve him. Uh, he who sits on the throne will shelter them with his presence. And what does that look like? Uh, they'll never hunger again. They'll never thirst again. The sun won't beat down on them or any scorching heat. And um, it's interesting, actually, we know scientifically more about how the sun is actually harmful. Uh, thinking about things like skin cancer and, and other things, um, you know, the, so the sun can be dangerous. Um, but, you know, the lamb, he will shepherd them. He will lead them to springs of living water and God will wipe every tear from their eyes. And I think this is such a beautiful picture of what it will be like um, those who who you know, um, you know carry on who press on who don't let what's happening in the world distract from following God from doing his will from um, you know walking with him um, that is what we are heading towards not not being hungry not being thirsty are being sheltered by, by God himself. I just think this is such a, a wonderful picture to dwell on. And maybe after um, seeing this, you could you know, just spend a bit of time meditating on this, just thinking about it, because I, I think it bears a bit of thinking about. And um, the lovely thing in, in this, you remember we were talking about how the lamb was at the centre of it all, you know, the one um, who created everything, for whom everything exists, who's at the centre of it all. And it says in verse 17, the lamb at the centre of the throne will be their shepherd. And that is one of the most beautiful verses. Now, the lamb will be their shepherd. The lamb becomes uh, the shepherd. You think of those famous words from Psalm 23. The Lord is my shepherd. And that's something, you know, those are famous words, but I think such deep and, and profound words, thinking that, you know, the lamb, you know, the Lord of everything is not just Lord, but my shepherd, the one who looks after me, who cares for me, protects me uh, on all of those kind of things. Again, it's it's this kind of security it goes back to the idea of security and um, that, yes, in this life we, we will have hardship, but one day we will be in a place where there will be no more tears, no more hardship. And, and that's the place where, where Jesus is. I was reading something yesterday which talked about, um, uh, yeah, the, this, this particular person who has written the book was talking about, he was listening to a program on the BBC, the good old BBC, about, uh, about heaven. And these different people were talking about what they thought heaven would be like. 
And uh, he said after about half an hour, he just thought, no, not one of them has mentioned the presence of Jesus. And yeah, that's that's so significant, isn't it? That heaven, and as we'll come on to, the new creation, is the place where Jesus will be. And that's the most significant thing we can say about it. And so those of us who love and cling on to Jesus in the here and now will we'll have that fulfilment uh, in the future. Those of us who know the blessing of belonging to him in the here and now will have the, the eternal blessing, the eternal security of being with him forever. I'd just like to, to finish by thinking about the question, how does the church measure up? Um, I was thinking at the start, you know, of how fear is such has been such a significant thing. And we've really been thinking about security in Revelation chapter 7 and how we can be secure and um, just asking that question you know has the church lived fearlessly has the church lived as if these things are true and I'm really not sure that the church has in fact I don't think it has have we lived in a way which proclaims that you know Jesus is Lord of everything that he's our shepherd that he will protect us that he will guard us um, and, you know, I think the churches which have just, you know, kind of almost replaced worship with social distancing and with masks and so on. Um, I think that's not living fearlessly. You know, that's living, putting, um, putting the beast uh, at the centre. Sadly, in, in a sense. And um, I know that there are, you know, I've had conversations with people several times over um, the last few months about what what is appropriate in church is it appropriate to social distance is it appropriate not to sing hymns and so on and, and what I just come back to is you know are we secure in Jesus can we say to live is Christ and to die is gain well, famously uh, the apostle Paul says that to live is Christ and to die is gain can we say that do we live that and I'm not sure that the church has lived that but then I, I'm not sure actually that the church was living that before so perhaps COVID is a blessing because it has exposed um, some of the um, what was going on in the church. So maybe this is an opportunity actually to begin living in this way. And this is what we need to be focusing on. I'm focusing on that security um, that we have. And, and that's something that we'll, we'll kind of come on to again as we go through the book of Revelation. So let's um, take a moment to to pray uh, as we finish. I like, you know, when we look at the Bible in particular, I just like to take a moment to pray and ask for God's help. And I know that some people watch this who are uh, not, not Christians. Um, that's fine. Um, you know, um, but prayer is just talking to God and uh, we need his help. So I'm going to pray now just before um, I finish with a, a few closing words. So Heavenly Father, we thank you for the security that we have um, in Jesus Christ. We thank you that the lamb uh, becomes our shepherd. We thank you that he is our shepherd and pray that you would help us to understand uh, what that means and to walk with you and to live in the light of the truth that we are secure in him. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, thanks everyone for uh, joining me today. Um, there's just one or two things to say. Um, I've started up a new Telegram channel. So if um, what I tend to post on there is just I, I see different interesting articles and uh, they don't make it onto here, of course. But if you'd like to, to see some of those, then that will be on Telegram. 
Also, I've set up a podcast. So I do appreciate that YouTube is good for some people, but other people might prefer a podcast format. So if you would like to to listen to this in podcast format rather than watching it, um, if you don't want to see my face, which I can completely understand, then um, you can do that. And I'll put the link in the description below. Um, thanks so much for your support everyone don't forget to click the like button if you're doing this on youtube um, and um, if you'd like to support me there is a buy me a coffee link as well and i do appreciate every support commenting all of that sort of thing um, and um, yeah thanks so much everyone take care and uh, god bless